0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Fans returning to football games looks to be getting further away as coronavirus restrictions tighten Scott Brown says he's facing his toughest challenge yet to stay in the Celtic team And Scott Arfield's urging Rangers to be more clinical to avoid disappointments like Sunday I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Gordon DL and Roger Hanna Yeah, the unfortunate confirmation today, Gordon, there will be no fans at Celtic Park for the Old Firm game There will be no Review of the ban on supporters in stadiums on October the 5th As we hoped there would be But what does it mean? Will there be a kick-off in the Betfred Cup at the start of next month? Will there be a kick-off for the lower leagues in the middle of next month? And how long can Premiership clubs go on without anyone coming through the turnstiles? And after an exciting weekend, Gordon, of uh, Premier League fixtures um, it's all looking towards Thursday night in the Europa League And then another exciting weekend with uh, two really good games Celtic Cubs and obviously a tough one for Rangers at Fir Park against Motherwell 0141 951 1025 That's the number you need to join in tonight So give us a call, let the guys know what is on your mind You can tweet us as well at Clyde SSB But it goes without saying, we'd love to speak to you on the phones And talk football and anything else that may crop up Roger Hanna Because it feels like Again, on the eve of the six-month anniversary of lockdown uh, That again, Scottish football, like every other aspect of our life Can't quite separate itself from the difficult times that we're all going through at the moment Yeah, there are difficult times There are difficult times around the world And the length and breadth of the country I always look at these odd kick-off times You see 6 o'clock last night Aston Villa against Sheffield United I noticed 6 o'clock tonight Orient against Tottenham in the Carabao Cup And I thought, oh We'll get to see this in the studio and the big televisions. And then Tottenham pay for the Orient players to be tested for COVID-19. Um, so many test positive. The game has to be postponed tonight. Probably be for- forfeited by Orient. It's a desperate blow for them in, in financially hard times. And it's also making people sit up and look at our Betfred Cup where we have Premiership teams going in on the 6th of October who have been in their COVID-19 bio-bubble, who have been testing, who have been following all the protocols and are now going to be facing teams from the lower leagues or the lowland or highland leagues who haven't. And we just wonder now if there could be a repeat of the Orient scenario in Scottish football. It goes without saying, we'd rather spend our time talking about what's happening on the pitch and we will. We're here until 8 o'clock so there's plenty of time for that. Just to kick off though, since it's fresh in the minds, Give us all your thoughts about these coronavirus restrictions tightening and how that might impact football. Are you fearful about the chances of fans getting back inside Stadia anytime soon? Uh, what's your, your take on that? What about the potential return of the lower leagues, of amateur football, all the rest of it? What's on your mind with regards to these coronavirus restrictions tonight? 01419511025 Just to keep you up to speed on exactly what's happening so far. The story goes that professional sport in Scotland will continue amid the increased restrictions that we've all been told about today, about not being able to go to other people's houses, etc. Um, but Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, confirming the October the 5th date is unlikely. And in fact, I think it's a bit more than that. Remember, the initial plans for lifting uh, from lockdown had involved the test events with some fans returning to Stadia from September the 14th. That date has already been pushed back to October the 5th. And now, with the action being taken today, it's not expected paying fans will be back 
watching on that date um, Gordon what it does do is it seems to knock on the head the idea that we might get any sort of fan representation to the Celtic Rangers game in the 17th of October yeah I don't see any chance at all Gordon it'd be an absolute miracle um, we had a bit of hope I was at Dingwall not that long ago for Ross County Celtic there was a testing day there 300 supporters in you're thinking small steps but we're in the right direction but today obviously it's went against us and uh, the 5th October again um, I just don't see it Gordon I really don't it's a big blow for the supporters because supporters they've, they've done all they possibly can they've put their money in the, uh, their hands in their pocket gave the clubs the money for season tickets they're watching on TV they understand that but they're so desperate to get back to games and support their, their team especially when you're looking at what a season this is going to be and unfortunately it's not to be and we just have to make sure everybody's safe and sound and I don't see supporters being in grounds for a long time yet Yeah, I mean, Roger, I think that was always this the suspicion amongst people that it would have been ambitious anyway and even if it was some sort of fan representation in the game it would have, it would have been a small number um, but at least now we, we know, or we think we know Yeah, and I think there'll be um, chairman and boards of directors up and down the country in the Championship, League 1 and League 2 convening meetings tonight just to discuss what that actually means for their football clubs um, you spoke about the 6 month anniversary of the first lockdown Gordon the furlough scheme was put in place and clubs could furlough players and backroom staff and admin staff so that you know they weren't they weren't hemorrhaging money paying out people when the team couldn't play football now all those people are having to come off the furlough scheme um, they're having to go back to play football The lower league clubs will play in the Betfred Cup On October the 6th, two weeks tonight They'll start in the Championship League 1 and League 2 11 days later They were, and they are Relying on money coming through the turnstile To pay the players To pay the staff To pay everyone behind the scenes If that money's not coming in Through the turnstiles You wonder how viable it is For those clubs to kick off this season what do you think? Are you worried about the implications this might have for football? It's obviously a football show, but such is life in the last couple of months. We've had to deal with a couple of issues that uh, all get mixed up together, and this is one of them. How will this impact the lower leagues? How do you think this stands us in, in any stead for going forward and getting fans back into grounds? Does this worry you? What's your own take on how this might impact football? 01419511025. Give us a call right now. And let us know what is on your mind Roger, is it safe to say we've got Maybe more questions than answers At this stage There's been no official line From the Joint Response Group From the Scottish FA From the SPFL yet That may well come uh, tomorrow And perhaps that's what we need to yeah, Outline what's going to happen well, for the game it, it's, it's, The football authorities are in a strange situation Because the Prime Minister and then the First Minister spoke earlier on I believe they're both speaking again on television later tonight And I think the football authorities In keeping with business right through society Want to get the full picture Before they can work out how it actually affects people How it affects clubs, how it affects fans So I would expect to hear something from the Joint Response Group tomorrow Once they have digested everything that the First Minister up here has got to say, once they have worked out what it means for Scottish football, because everyone's still been clinging to this hope. As Dan said, 300 people at Dingle, 300 people at Petodre, 700 at Murrayfield for the rugby. I think there were seven different grounds down south Mm. had these pilot tests at the weekend with round about 1,000 people at each game. 
They were all clinging to the hope That these would be the baby steps That would lead to significant numbers of supporters Being admitted to grounds Nicola Sturgeon and Boris Johnson This lunchtime Have ended that hope for the time being Yeah, let's hear from Motherwell manager Stephen Robinson He was asked about it today He says they don't want to get used to playing in empty stadia As we told you The return of fans almost certain to be delayed Beyond the October 5th date Robinson says it can't go on indefinitely Football's nothing without fans, you know. It's it's like a friendly game, a pre-season game, and you know, it's, it's Sunday was so strange. You know, it was completely dead. The first ten minutes is is like you know playing in a, in a park where your mates and there's nobody else there. It was it was um, strange, really strange. Obviously, as I say, we we don't want to get used to it. The, the players are starting to adapt to it more than get used to it. Um, but it's something you know we we can't have long term. Obviously the. The health implications come long before anything else, and we have to be aware of that. But you know, hopefully, there's there's something we can work on together because I think football's done its very best, adhere to every rule um, possible. And you know, the sooner we can get a solution to it, the better. You know, the fact that the, the lifeblood of football is fans, especially at a club like ourselves, we don't have a big benefactor. We don't have outside people putting money in that keeps the club running. It's simply without the player sales. That we've had in the last year, you know, with, with James Scott and David Turnbull, you know, I, I would imagine the 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 club would be in a real sticky situation. Obviously, the 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 run in Europe helps as well. Right. What do you think? How much does this worry you about the potential return for fans? What about the impact it might have when the lower leagues are due to come back? All of your thoughts. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Alec is on the line to kick us off tonight. Hi, Alec. Hi, Alec. How are we doing? Good. Hi, uh, just on the, what, what was they said today with, with Nicholas Sturgeon, uh, you know, I didn't ex- I didn't expect any fans to be in the next Old Firm game. I think now it's just acceptance that it's not going to happen now. I was saying, obviously, the, the lad when I phoned in, that my worry was, you know, there's a, there is still a sheer possibility that the game actually could get cancelled in that, in that one game in isolation at the moment. And it's only because they... You know, it's no they'll, they'll have everything sorted inside the stadium for the Old Firm game, but it's what happens outside. You know, we all know, you know, an Old Firm game. You know, twelve o'clock, everybody gets drunk, everybody has alcohol. They watch the game. You know what we're talking about now. We're trying to everybody's trying to try to protect. You know everything that's going on with this COVID. And I just think that, you know, if people don't settle down, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Nicola was like, you listen, you know what, see this old firm game that's coming up? We're just going to put that back a couple of months because it's going to be a busy day. The day the old firm game, you know what I mean? There's no doubt about it. It's going to be a busy day. Yeah, I mean, Roger, the, nothing's off the table in terms of I sympathise with any worry that people have. What we should say, though, is that there is no suggestion that professional sport in, in terms of our top flight is going to be impacted on the field at the moment Is that safe to say? The Old Firm game has to go ahead um, I don't think the First Minister Can be seen to penalise supporters of Celtic And or Rangers And just cherry pick that fixture Because it's, yeah, it's the, the, the busiest is, one And I know what Alex says People want to watch the game Of course they do But take this Sunday Two games this Sunday Motherwell against Rangers The Daza Derby Celtic against Hibs The Bruni Derby they're, they're popular games as well People want to watch one. One's on satellite television One's on club TV um, Not everyone has got Either or both of those So people will want To go to Friends' houses Families' houses And they can't do it So People need to be responsible And 
I think the Scottish Government need to treat football supporters the same way they treat rugby supporters and every other adult in society. There needs to be a degree of trust put in football supporters that football supporters can behave properly. And there's no there's no evidence out there that I has been presented to me that would suggest that playing the game at Celtic Park at lunchtime on Saturday, October the 17th would lead to any more danger, COVID-related danger, than anything else that I've seen. Any fixtures this I, week or next week or the following? I've got to agree with you, Roger. I think we've got to, as best as we can, go and keep this game going. Um, we've got to take it game by game. Obviously, it changes all the time. You're talking about the lower leagues. I'm very worried about that situation, to be honest. I think that the top league have got this bubble just now and it's working very well. Yes, we've had some setbacks with it, but we're getting the games going. I don't think we can start messing about and just say, oh, because it's a Celtic Rangers game at Celtic Park on Saturday, we have to move that for another couple of months. We've got to put a lot of trust in people and keep going. Yeah, well, talking about the lower leagues, for instance, you could contact any club, I'm sure, and, and they'll all be feeling pretty anxious about it. Cove Rangers chairman uh, Keith Moorhouse says it's a severe blow to all clubs and fans that stay there across country could be empty for a longer period. He's just not sure how sustainable the industry is without fans. It's a pretty severe blow to football, to the fans, to the clubs and, you know, dare I say, to the actual game itself, you know. We've been working uh, flat out to get the, the ground ready, prepared for fans coming back uh, and, you know, and for this to happen, I guess we'll have to wait and see what the ramifications are. But uh, I'm hoping it's more a setback than, an, than a, real, a real severe blow. Uh, so I'm hoping it's short term rather than medium to long term. That's all we can hope for. But Cove Rangers, like any other football club, uh, are now sitting facing a future where they've got you know fairly significant costs, but no income. So you know, I think the whole of football, including Premiership clubs, uh, are going to be affected by uh, by the decision. Um, so to run the game currently as it is right now, with no income, uh, no atmosphere. Yeah, I think there's a lot of questions and a lot of soul searching got to be done over the next week or so for the benefit of the game. The game's an industry and you know, if we're not careful we need to watch that we don't have an industry. Roger, given what you've heard today, and it is early days, I don't want this to come across as dramatic or over the top. I don't I think don't think people need this show to make things out to be worse than they are, but, but do you fear for firstly the return of the lower league season? Is that now at risk in your mind? And secondly the the well being of the clubs? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a layered thing. If you look at it chronologically, the first obstacle or the first hurdle that has to be cleared are these Betfred group games. You've seen it tonight with Orient versus Spurs going off because one team was working in a bubble, one team wasn't, the other team got tested, they tested positive. You can't expose the people in the bubble to that. So the game's off. So what's to say some of our Betfred Cup games could not be put off because of this? Uh, that's the first obstacle that's going to have to be cleared. A few days later, there's the start of the championship. Now, as well, at Championship League One and League Two, as well as the actual COVID problems that we're all aware of, there's the financial problems, Gordon. Any business, you've got income, you've got expenditure. If your expenditure overwhelms your income, then you're in bother. Now, if you're a football team down there, what's your greatest source of income? It's through the turnstiles. Mm-hmm. What's your greatest expenditure? Paying footballers. Now these clubs, Keith Moorhouse at Cove Rangers, done terrifically well with that football club, works so hard to get them up through the leagues. But he's looking now at an autumn and winter of significant expenditure to Paul Hartley and his squad 
and no income and nobody can sustain that mm. for a lengthy period of time so I think And is that more perilous than the, the top flight for instance Who thanks to the, the loyalty and the, the kindness of fans Have put their hands in their pocket for season tickets And that's resulted th- only in you know pay-per-view games and stuff like thanks that Thanks to the loyalty Thanks to the kindness of fans Thanks to a very lucrative deal with Sky Sports To broadcast top flight games Thanks to other broadcasting Commercial activities That dump the majority of the money Into the Premiership So the clubs in the Premiership At the minute are okay Now they will feel the pinch as well Just look at some of the wage bills At the top end of that league as well They can't be sustained with nobody coming through I think what, what was the average Is it 42 or 43% yeah, in the 40s, For all yeah. Scottish clubs Comes through the gate So if you don't get that Over a lengthy period of time You're going to be in bother but I think the ones who, who look as if they're in most imminent danger would be Championship League 1 and League yeah, 2 but, games. But Roger, would that, n- that not be a case of then trying to get supporters, and I know it's very difficult in these times, to do what the, the Premier League clubs have done, ask the supporters to pay for season tickets? Yeah, to, but, yeah, but uh, is, uh, is the infrastructure there to, to ex- broadcast the games ex- in the way that exactly. the top flight well, teams well, do? Well, that's what I was going to say. Can you because get cameras there? Can you get commentators? Can you get co commentators? Is the infrastructure there? How much does that cost? You know, there was a Celtic TV, Rangers TV, a lot of the club's in house television channels were already there and they've just actually been mm. beefed up ever so slightly this season. A lot of clubs down the leagues don't have their own TV channels. Uh, it's 0141-951-1025 in the phones It's at Clyde SSB on Twitter uh, Thank you very much to Alec Who's given us his thoughts John is in Canvas Lang John, what do you make of it? How much does this uh, concern you About where we go from here? Uh, evening panel Hi. How are Hi, you? John. Yeah, all good, thanks uh, As I said Started the programme You talked about How important the whole fun game is And how it goes ahead But I feel the future of Scottish football is probably more important at the moment. This is one game of football. I'm a Rangers fan, but I feel in, in general the future of Scottish football should be more important than now than this one old fun game. Over, sorry, one old fun game because there's four old fun games just a year. Uh, Rangers are Celtic will come out of this. They'll still be fine, but the future of Scottish football is on the balance now. If we don't get fans back into the grounds, which I understand they can't just now. A lot of teams could go to the wall and as big as big as the old firm derby is, I think this is a bigger thing just now at the moment. Uh, what do the panel think? Yeah, I mean undeniably Roger, I don't think we're not we're not getting we're not being made to choose, you know, it's, it's not no, one or the other. Here's the thing. If if someone can come on and present a case to me that postponing the old firm game is going to A help with the fight against COVID nineteen <laughs> or B somehow solve all the financial woes of Scottish football then, yeah, let's consider postponing the Old Firm game. But no no one has shown me that postponing this one game is going to solve either problem. In fact, I think it will create problems because there is no other slot on the fixture schedule for this game. Celtic are already running behind a game. They've still to play that Aberdeen game that was called off. Um, we hope that all of our clubs progress in Europe. Um, that's probably going to have a knock-on effect to fixtures, not this weekend, but next... Causing more mayhem there I just don't see Why this game Is being pinpointed By some people As get this game off This will help everything Help what? Mm. Uh, John Give you the final say uh, I don't mean uh, We should postpone the game 
Uh, what I mean just now is a, the bigger thing to speak about just now is the future of Scottish football. This game probably will go ahead. What I mean is, in general, I think we should be politicians should be talking about the Scot- uh, future of Scottish football and how that goes ahead in this one game. This, this game probably will go ahead because people want it. It's what that whets the appetite and that'll take care of itself. But what I mean is, as a Rangers fan, it'd be quite easy for it to say, let's pull up the ladder and think about everybody else because of what happened to Rangers years ago. But I look at the bigger picture here. I want every team in Scotland to survive. Whatever team, uh, all these players, have, it's all the livelihoods. People go to the games, it's a way of life for them. That's what I mean. I don't, I'm not yeah. talking about this one no fun mm-hmm. game. I'm just talking in general. The bigger picture is Scottish football and a whole is bigger than Rangers Celtic game just now. All right, John and Cambus Lang, thank you very much. 01419511025. Good time to call. We could get round to you and your call next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Gordon DL here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. If you've got thoughts about what happens on the pitch and your football team and their players and who's good and who's not, we'd love to get into all that. Give us a call. Uh, but of course, the tightening of coronavirus restrictions today has a knock on effect for football, and clearly that is on people's minds at the moment. Let's see what Charlie makes of it. Hi, Charlie. How you doing, Gordon? Good, Charlie. What have you got for us? Um, just after the day, hearing that again, it's going to be it's like back to square one again. So these people doing things they shouldn't be doing, as you know. You've probably seen them in the street. Uh, but um, to regards to the football, um, see that's what it's going about. You know, this, is, this, this is never going to go away. Because you're kidding yourself on it, you think it's going to go away. We have to live with it. And the thing is, are we going to say it's away and then say, right, let everybody into the ground? We're not, we're not can't do that. We're still, in the back of our minds, going to say it's still there. So what we need to do is we need to start getting the ground, grounds organised for people to come in, start uh, getting uh, protection for, uh, not for people just to come in and stay about two seats away from one another. They put up these Palestinian these thingies these big uh, glass, uh, clear glass things, no glass, but plastic, and keep people apart. People find out who's who, set them in individual places, and at least get the ground full half, and know that these people are going to be reasonably safe, because we're never ever going to get rid of this. And see if we don't uh, start doing things like the ground and all that, and just sit back and say, well, this is going to go away, this is going to go away. See, Charlie, sorry to interrupt. To be fair, I think that clubs, especially in Premier League, clubs are doing probably everything they can. I've been to games. I was at the Test game at Ross County, and the way they organised it was absolutely brilliant. I've got to say, it was a strange. It was a strange one because you're sitting there and you're looking across, and there's three hundred people on the other side, and it was like there was no down the stadium because they're not allowed to make noise and jump about, and then they had to stay at the final whistle. And I've been to games uh, to cover for Super Scoreboard on a Saturday. And the organisation, Roger will tell you, is absolutely brilliant. Everybody's safety is put first. So I think I think clubs have got a lot of those things in, in place and working very hard, hoping they're the same. They're wanting fans back desperately as much as the fans want to go and support their team. So... I know it's just it's it's very difficult times, but safety's first. It's a strange one though because a lot of people will agree with the points Charlie's making. 
Just listen to Neil Lennon 10 days ago He was making those exact points about about getting people back in He'd been watching the NFL I think it was the first game of the season in Kansas City 18,000 people You look at Germany, you look at France There have been significant numbers in grounds So even if you listen to the, the new instructions coming out for the First Minister today You can't meet inside houses But you can still meet outside Um you know, could there be a way of, of gradually getting people back in to football grounds? Because you do sit outside at football grounds, you would be socially distanced at football grounds. But whether I think it, Charlie thinks it, Neil Lennon thinks it, at the minute, the people making the rules, i.e. the Scottish Government, think it's going to be as far away down the line as, it, as it's ever looked. Well, that's what I was going to say. And, and by the way, I've transformed back a couple of months here of... Reminding me of the disclaimer that I always used to throw in We're not for a second trying to suggest that football is the most important thing It's no. just this This is a football show so we can make no apologies for looking at the impact But in case you hadn't noticed the Scottish government, the UK government, Roger They've got quite a lot on their plate as as well, you know, above, above and yeah. beyond football So when Charlie says, you know, we need to do more Football clubs have done a lot and at the moment it's, it's kind of out their hands Because we had the test events but we're now being told no more test events So really until They get the go ahead There's not, not a great deal more We can do Yeah but again Just playing devil's advocate here And I know what you're saying God but it is a football show And Charlie's making Football related Sensible football related points Daz was at the game at Dingwall 300 people Over at Aberdeen The same day 300 people Now To my knowledge Those test events Were hailed as Successes There's no proof that You know those 300 people Were spreading Covid around After the game Likewise the 700 people at Murrayfield For the Edinburgh Glasgow rugby game The Pro 14 Was a hail of success So I don't quite and, and I know what the government are saying today Of course I do But there doesn't appear to be any direct link Between those events And the unfortunate spike again in Covid cases So uh, you know They've clearly just taking a broad brush approach to this They don't want any Large gatherings outside That include, obviously includes sporting events So unfortunately in a minute We need to suck it up There are not going to be any fans at football For a considerable period of time It, it, it is disappointing And it's casting a real cloud Over the future of certain clubs in Scottish football uh, Rory's on Twitter He says Kelty Hearts have managed to get support By season ticket sales And now live streams with commentary games Either free for season ticket holders Or pay-per-view Much in the way the, the top flight have done um, Big Al says Can you guys ask Neil Doncaster What's likely to happen If we don't get fans into grounds this year Or even season Surely they would have discussed this scenario already um, I, I hope they have Roger, I don't yeah, know. I hope they have. Listen, uh, I've been discussing it for the past six months, and, and I hope they will. But again, that that will, you know, because it's easy for us to kick the football authorities, and, and by the way, they deserve it sometimes. No. That will rely on possibly government intervention. Yeah, Already yeah. south of the border tonight, you're seeing things about the UK government looking at what they can do to safeguard the future of professional sport. And at the moment, all the Scottish government can do then is is watching. Watch on with right, interest. right at the very start of this I can't remember the date in March But it was a date in March Right at the very start of this When the first games were put off I think it was Motherwell Aberdeen And Queen of the South Air United On a Friday night Yep Were the first games to go And Neil Doncaster put out a statement that night Warning what an extended lockdown would mean For the financial future of Scottish football And in that statement He asked for the Holyrood government To provide assistance in their hour of need for Scottish football 
And unless I've missed something in the intervening six months There has been no positive response from Holyrood To that cry from Neil Doncaster And the longer this has gone on The worse the financial situation has gone for clubs Now, football in Scotland to my mind Has been used as a political football at times You know, uh, volleyball and golly did wrong The Aberdeen 8 did wrong But the reaction from Scottish government for me, wasn't always proportionate with the offences. Um, and, you know, it's easy to kick the game when it's down. It's not quite as easy to help the game when it's requiring help. And it needs help. And it needs help from government. Thank you, Charlie. Let's bring in Gordon and kill McComb and see what he makes of it all. Hi, Gordon. Good evening. How are you, panel? We're all well, okay? Gordon. Are you? Are you all well down there? Yeah, fine. Good. Fine, thanks. Um, uh, yeah, I've just listened to the panel talking about the... I'm just looking at it from a different, a different angle. You know what I mean? Obviously, I, I follow Celtic, but <laughs> the bigger clubs, you know I mean, I, I probably think they probably make more money. And um, they don't have to pay stewards, they don't, they don't have to pay the police, they don't have to pay everything else. They're still getting their season. I, me and my son still paid their season ticket. Normally, I shot a forty hundred pounds. Uh, we paid the full whack. Um, and hey, whoop whoop. Um, but anyway. Um, I, I just think it's just a bigger, a bigger, a bigger picture outside. No, I mean, I try to get back and try to get the fans back. Maybe a lot of the fans don't want to come back. I'm miserable as much as anybody, but I don't want to come back. Um, I, I, the ball and goalie thing, right enough. That was to be the OTT. You know, I can't believe we only get a three or a five. I should have been a ten match ban, but anyway, that's my, my point. But um, I just think that it's, if there's players now have tested positive, and all the clubs are doing the best they can. It's obviously nothing to do with the clubs. They're saying they say that it's not, not it's, it's it's at home life. So where does it stop? I mean, you've you've got to take health's got to come before money. Um, and I know some of the wee clubs will be really struggling. I've not I've not had a business. I run a taxi company. Come a I've not had a business since March. I'm actually doing something else now. Uh, I'm still keeping it going, but there's there's not hardly any calls coming. I know other people the exact same as well. So. Just a bigger picture out there, and I think we've all just got to—I I, I don't know—just knock it down and try and get try and get rid of it. I'll try and do something without saying let's get the fans back. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? I, I just think we should just go. Not a big fan of the first minister at times, but I just think we should all stick together, try and get rid of all this because the clubs are still telling their players are testing positive and they're doing everything they can. So if the clubs are doing everything they can. What do you expect the general public to do when they have they got the means that the clubs have mm-hmm. got? You know? Yeah, it's a fair point Gordon makes about the. The challenges that lie ahead for clubs, Roger and Gordon, because at the moment, f- clubs do have season ticket money in, and, and Gordon's right, they're not paying for, for, for catering staff at the weekend, and they're not paying for stewards, and they're not paying for all the costs that operate around a match day. Where actually some of the challenge might lie is once you can get a small number of fans back in, you know, we seem to be treating this as if it's black and white, you know, no fans at the moment is a problem. And once we get fans back, everything will be fine. But actually getting a small number of fans in could be more challenging than, than the, what we've got at the moment yeah, financially. They, they, they reckon financially, Gordon, that if that was the case, it would cost the clubs money. Um, Gordon's right. I was very surprised there that Gordon's saying, you know, he's obviously a fan, buys his season tickets and he's not really too keen in getting back. Um, there's a lot of fans out there desperate. He's right about Celtic Rangers. They can look after themselves. They've got waiting lists on their uh, season tickets. The likes of Motherwell surviving, as as the Motherwell boss said there about the, the sale of players. Aberdeen have just uh, brought in a few million with uh, McKenna going down south. Um, 
I think where the, the money is missed is the fact that, you know, if you're St Mirren, for instance, just say St Mirren or Hamilton, whatever, and it's you're missing the Rangers support, you're missing the Celtic support, yeah. you're missing, you know, that, that sort of income does uh, cost you. But I think that supporters have been absolutely terrific, putting their money in their pocket, uh, hands in their pocket, taking their money, giving it to the club, and basically accepting, I'll probably just have to watch this on TV. And some fans like Gordon there saying, well, I'm not really keen on getting back just now. Um, I think there's a lot of fans who are desperate to get back. Yeah, Gordon's talking about a personal health yeah. perspective. That's completely understandable, Roger. Yeah, listen, of course it is. But, but you know, we started talking about whether, you know, whether a game of football will be off. I, I, I think the Scottish government should try and keep football going for as long as it possibly can. Um, it's good for the nation's mental health. People enjoy football. People wouldn't phone this phone in, Gordon, if they didn't enjoy football. Whether you're sitting in the stadium watching it, whether you're watching it in club TV, whether you're watching it in satellite TV, terrestrial TV, listening to it in Super Scoreboard on a Saturday afternoon, that there's something that it sort of aids national welfare, if you like, keeping the football going. Would like crowds in, would love crowds in. Government today say we can't get crowds in. So what we need to do now is formulate a plan going forward to protect our 42 senior clubs and the ones beneath from the financial chaos that not getting fans in is going to create. All right, thank you very much, Gordon and Kel McComb. Some interesting points well made. We're about to hear from Celtic captain Scott Brown. He says this is the biggest chance, uh, biggest challenge, sorry, he's had keeping his team and uh, keeping his place. I'm doing well tonight in the Celtic starting 11. Uh, he also says he doesn't have an issue with the squad rotation policy. Celtic fans, what do you make of that? We'll hear from the captain next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gordon DL and Roger Hanna are here It's 0141-951-1025 on the phones And it's at Clyde SSB on Twitter Incidentally a tweet from TR just caught my eye um, It just said Enjoyed listening to these old fellas on both sides Reminisce Credit where it's due to shoe and in case you're wondering what that's all about, because uh, it, it caught me by surprise as well, it is of course in response uh, to our new podcast series, Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. Hugh Evans is in charge of a podcast, can you believe mm. it? Um, it's been brought to you right now by Indigo Unified Communications. Now in the latest episode, it's Davy Hay and Peter McCloy with Hugh talking about the rivalry in the 70s. There's already one out about the 60s, there's one coming up soon, the 80s with Peter Grant and Ian Durant, and of course you can see where it's going, taking you all the way through the decade, so you can Find it on the Radio Clyde app, on the website, or wherever you usually get your podcasts uh, with Indigo Unified Communication. So if you go into that, I'm sure you'll find some interesting stories uh, to take you back. Right, let's hear from the Celtic captain, Scott Brown, as I mentioned before the break. He says he doesn't have an issue with squad rotation going on at Celtic. He thinks he faces his toughest battle yet to hold on to a spot in the starting lineup. It's up to the manager. Um, that's, as I say, at the start of the season, he picks the starting eleven in the squad week in, week out. And uh, sometimes he might think I need a rest. Sometimes he might think somebody else needs a rest. Odson had a rest at the weekend there because he's played a lot of games. He's been away with France and stuff like that. So uh, that's up to the manager. And he picks the best team for that game, depending on everyone's forum, depending on how people are feeling, if people have got little niggles as well. So for me, i uh, got great respect for the manager. So whoever he... He picks 
uh, we all stand by him. Competition's great in the middle of the park and that's probably the strongest for competition there is. And to be perfectly honest, since I've been here, there's about seven or eight midfielders that can play in three spots. So that's always going to be hard, but um, everyone's got to fight for their place. You've got to keep, make sure you keep working hard and training, make sure everyone's injury-free as well so that we can last this whole campaign. OK, let's bring in John and Clyde Bank, see what he made of Scott Brown's comments there. Hi, John. How you doing, guys? Yep, um, good. Good to speak to you. I've not spoke to you this season. Uh, Good to hear from you. Where have you been? Uh, just listening in just the background. Just lying low. Mm. Do you know? Listen, it's no football for me. I'm I'm struggling with it. I know, I know. It's, it's tough, isn't even, it? Even with my season ticket, I've switched it off. I can't get it. In fact, the live games on Sky are better than this, the season ticket. Plus, with the technology, I don't know how to transfer it to my 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 TV for the for the, my. My phone uh, Give us a shout after the show And I'll talk you through it <laughs> <laughs> It's getting my nerves I tell you it's, it's, I'll, put on the, I'll put on radio commentary It's a bit better for me that way Anyway The Scott Brown dilemma Oh it's a Celtic manager Neil Lennon This season Has no room for sentiment Turnbull's been bought for a reason Turnbull has come in From a motherwell team And he's been playing he doesn't need to get up to speed He should be straight in the team For me Straight in the team No messing about Don't give him 15 minutes Scott Brown Games have to be picked and choose this season For two seasons after um, When Brendan Rodgers took over in 2016 Scott Brown by far Was the best player in Scottish football By a country mile In my eyes In my opinion And his third year He was slowing down But you can see There's just I wouldn't say a decline He just slowed down a wee bit and, and for Celtic The Celtic manager Has got a real dilemma On his hands Do you go, He has to be loyal to, to an extent But I think When Scott Brown plays he, The system changes A little bit The 3-5-2 system Would suit us And Scott Brown For me Wouldn't get a game Now And that's harsh He's a Celtic captain And he's a leader He has to still be there But Turnbull has to go Sam has to be playing Christie has to be playing McGregor has to be playing Maybe Roderick If he comes back into the fold Scott Brown Just He's got to be there But I think Turnbull's in front of him now That's my personal opinion I just think he's slowed a wee bit uh, What do you think guys? Well I, I don't think Turnbull's in front of him just now Because Scott Brown's played the No but John's saying that's yeah. what he thinks should happen Yeah I, I do believe that I, I still think Scott Brown's got a massive part to play, right? I still think he's a very intelligent footballer. Everybody goes on, the, he's slowed down a little bit. I never looked at Scott Brown as a, a very, very pacey player. Um, I still think that with the size of the squad and what they've got in just now, I do believe that Scott Brown is at the, the point of his career where he's got to be handpicked for his games. I'm not saying that he's got to come out and miss four or five games. I think that if Can player... that have a detrimental impact? And I wonder if that's something that's already been discussed because otherwise how how many year how many seasons have we had this discussion yeah, on yeah, this show? Well, we had a curtailed season last season and Scott Brown still played fifty games. John described it as a dilemma. Now there are some selection dilemmas, Gordon, that are as prickly as a porcupine. This is not one of them. Look at the signing Celtic have made. Each signing Celtic have made, there's been a purpose to it. Barkas was bought because Foster left. Duffy arrived on loan because Neil Lennon wanted to get back to a three at the back and he, he needed a replacement for Simunovic. Ajeti was bought 
to give an option of playing up with Edward and, and an option of, of two up there. El Yunusi came back to give them the option of balance on the left if they went 4 2 3 1. And Turnbull's come in because Turnbull now gives them an extra attacking option. Mm-hmm. No one has been bought. There, there is no like for like replacement for Scott Brown. Neil Lennon isn't looking to leave mm. Scott Brown out of the team. The closest actually Celtic have to a Scott Brown is Callum McGregor. When he sits back and plays that role that he played, I think for a few weeks when Brown's missing at the start of a season or two back, and he roggage one side and Chris to the other. David Turnbull, fantastic player, will go on to mm. do really well for Celtic. Will go on to do really well for Scotland. It's not a replacement for Scott Brown. What do you think of that, John? Because they're not, they're not the same player. They're, they're different types of player. Are you suggesting though that that Celtic do something completely different then, and you can actually sacrifice what what it is that Scott Brown brings? Well, I think it was God they always. I think it was Gordy always spoke about there about McGregor's been the ideal replacement for Scott Brown. That's the answer, and Turnbull takes there. For me, I just think we need to be when when, when Brown we play, it's just a wee bit slower. I think we need to be a wee bit faster, speedier on the ball. But the way that we play, sometimes it's like before, and there's a one where Brown sits in front of the the central defence. There's no need for that. Shelter can nine times out of ten. We don't really nobody really pushes a uh, pushes us up and, and, and faces us up. A lot of clubs do come away, do, do come back and sit back on us. John, um, where, I, where I do agree with you, sometimes in the system, you know, if it's a four-two-three-one, you've got McGregor and Brown sitting. I, I I agree that Celtic, in my opinion, don't need two sitting midfield players because they'll dominate most of the games, even in a three-five-two. You can uh, you don't really need two guys sitting in there, but one in front. Um, I just I just think that people are are. I'm not saying you're writing them off. I think uh, Scott Brown brings more, you know, off the pitch before the game, during a game, you know, maybe at half time putting his input. I was listening to his interview there. I think Scott Brown now knows that he's at the set, uh, stages career where he is going to be left maybe. Like say what I was saying, the, the game Saturday and then they played midweek and then a Saturday again. I believe that Scott Brown shouldn't be playing the three games. I believe that with the squad that Celtic have got, they can afford to turn around and say, "Well, St Mirren away from home, we're going to bring in a Turnbull, and we're going to change the system a little bit. We're going to change the, the, uh, how we play, the, the the tactics of how we go about the game. You know, a bit more energy going forward. Then Scott Brown will be." Brown and for games I'll give give you a perfect example if the game in the 17th October if everybody's fit I would be astonished Scott Brown doesn't lead Celtic out at Celtic Park that's how important he is Gordon if he wasn't that important he was at that stage Neil and, Lennon would make a decision and, and Gordon made a good point he, you know when players and in their advancing years now we're not talking about a lightning quick winger or a lightning quick striker that you know lived off his pace Scott Brown's never been like that you know, when David Weir was winning football of the year at 41, he played every week. When Gordon Strachan was winning football of the year down south at 40, he played every week. Gary McAllister winning five trophies yeah. with Liverpool in a season at 38 or whatever he was, he played every week. I, I think these guys don't want to be left out of the team because if they're out of the team for any period of time, I think they actually struggle to, to come back into the team. So yeah, it I could think, be counterproductive. Yeah, I think Scott Brown will want to play. No, no, over, no, no, over a case of three games in a week. Right? I'm not talking about leave him out on a Saturday. He doesn't play for the next two or three Saturdays. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about with the fixtures that Celtic have got. And there's if, a lot of week. If it's midweek, Saturday, midweek, mid-week Saturday. Saturday. Right. Yeah. 
uh, John and Clyde Bank it's, it's a good debate Thanks for speaking to us For the first time this season John hopefully we won't have to wait As long to speak to you next time Cheers guys Good man That was John And you can just see it straight away George is not showing a lot of support for John He says John's talking nonsense Brown is a different class to Turnbull uh, And the Celtic Ray podcast is on Saying McGregor is better in Brown's role Than Brown is Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. It's that time of the night though. You come on here, you show off your superior footballing knowledge, you embarrass Gordon Diel or Roger Hanna, and you get the sign ball. It really is that simple. You do have to be quick tonight though because the lines close at 7 0141 951 1025. Your chance to beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We'd love to speak to you though 0141-951-1025 Or Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, We have kicked off Talking again About the coronavirus restrictions We've been hearing from the Celtic captain Scott Brown So keep your calls coming on those topics and before the show's out, we're going to hear from Rangers midfielder Scott Arfield as well. Let's do this first, though. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Beat the pundit time. I think Alex Ray won on a tie break last night, so it's 1-0 to the pundits. Let's see if we can go one better for the listeners tonight. Kevin's in Hamilton. How's it going, Kevin? Yeah, not too bad. Good stuff, Kevin. Um, it's... Uh, I always admire people that call in on a Tuesday because it's the ultimate lottery. You either need to take on Roger Hanna or Gordon DL. It's it's a tale of two extremes. Um, I'll go for Gordon if I if I can. I'm, oh, that's oh, the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you would. Did, did you not listen last week when I got two victories? <laughs> and you're still wanting to come right, on must here not and be take listening. Me on. He wasn't listening last week. Right, I'm going to toss the coin anyway, Kevin. I should have said I'll toss the coin. So if it's heads, it is Roger Hanna who starts on minus one, and if it's tails, it will you will get your wish. You think I fix it every week, but take a look. Tell me what that says. I can't see that for you. <laughs> Roger Hanna. What does that say? Yeah, that's a tail. That is tails. So it's Gordon DL. Um, we've been through this before. I don't want to discuss my tossing technique live on air. So um, I, 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 there is something about it where it always lands on, on tails. I don't know how. Right. Kevin <laughs> is going to take on Gordon. So I'll give him some Clyde 2 to listen to. And uh, he can't hear me anymore But here's exactly what's going to happen Now I know because he's been listening to Clyde too For the next couple of hours We're going to need to listen to him Singing the wrong lyrics To whatever song he's got on But anyway, right Let's get to the important business, Kevin 30 seconds Just answer as many questions right as you can You can pass And if that's I think that's all you need to know actually You good to go? Go Right, go 30 seconds on the clock Your time starts now How many league titles has Scott Brown won? Nine. Who's fourth in the Scottish Premiership at the moment? Kilmarnock. James Scott left Motherwell for which English side? Barnsley. Who was Rangers' top scorer in the nine in a row season? Ali McCoy. Julian Serrano was on loan at Livingston from which French team? Montpellier. How many red cards were handed out in the Scottish Premiership this weekend? Okay, let's bring back Gordon See what he can do Gordon, can you hear us? Yeah, I can now Same set of questions to you Your time starts now How many league titles has Scott Brown won? Uh, eight 
Who is fourth in the Scottish Premiership? Uh, Aberdeen James Scott left Motherwell Hull. for which English side? Who was Rangers top scorer in the nine in a row season? Uh, nine in a row uh, McCoy's Julian Serrano is on loan at Livingston from which French team? I'll pass How many red cards were handed out in the Scottish Premiership this weekend? Uh, two Which Scottish top flight ground is the further south? Quickly South, where's south? Uh, Scottish Queen of South <laughs> Top flight A oh, top flight? Oh, I still don't <laughs> I like how you went for the one that's got South in the name as well, Roger. Just, <laughs> that's good, thank just you. for the avoidance yep. of doubt, right? Uh, Kevin, how do you think that went? Uh, I think it's easier when you're listening, isn't it? Exactly when oh, the pressure's me, on. Kevin, <laughs> when the pressure's on, I, I think Kevin had a nightmare. Oh, you beauty! Did you know what? Some of these questions, he was close. If that makes you, really he care. hit the post on a couple. I um, was close with Queenie South buying got a point. How many league titles has Scott Brown won, Roger? Is it ten? It's ten. One in 0708 and then the nine uh, after you went for eight. So Kevin went for nine, I think. So Ke- Kevin's closer than you. <laughs> okay, so what's the score? Should I give well. Kevin a point for that? I go no. give Kevin. Um, I think I might need to. Who's fourth in the Scottish Premiership? It was Aberdeen, one nil to Gordon. James Scott left Motherwell for Hull, two nil to Gordon. Who was Rangers top scorer in the nine in a row season? Now again, sympathy for Kevin because he went Ali McCoy's just like you, but that's wrong. Is it's that? Brian Loudrop. No yes. Would you go with that Roger? Uh, okay Roger aye, okay. <laughs> Easy to say now Yeah uh, Ro- uh, Roger Julian Serrano is on loan at Livingston From which French side? Is it Monaco? And the easy way to remember that Is because Livingston's quite like Monaco As a place Why? I'm like it obviously I'm, because Have it, you been at Livingston recently? <laughs> I was there two weeks ago right. It's nothing like Monaco Anyway I've right. been to Monaco as well Oh uh, well, have you? Yeah I've oh, right. been about You can't even went anywhere with that jumper on been about, has he? There's no chance you went into the, the, the Ritz in Monaco With that jumper on no, not with this jumper on, no. Right, how many red cards handed out at the weekend? Let's count them up. Richard Tate, Eamon Brophy. That's it. It's two. Big <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you don't need me to tell you what your current score is, do you? Yeah, one. Kevin. It's a, it's a zero. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'll give him a sympathy one for the first question because he got closer than you. Okay. Um, what was the next ones? I don't want it. <laughs> That's Ke- what I like. Kevin, listen to the podcast and see if you can get one or two. <laughs> the top flight ground is further You're laughing at I asked you which top flight ground is further south And you said Queen of the South <laughs> I didn't hear top flight is it? Kilmarnock oh, That was my second guess uh, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin do you know you what? Kevin It is much harder When you come on And the pressure's on And you were close with the first one you, Ali McCoy's wasn't bad But I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best I'm clutching at straws for you Kevin It was a zero And you've been you've I was been, just in the headlights You've been well beaten by Gordon DL Hardlines Ke- Kevin how are you feeling? Uh, pretty embarrassed to be honest. Right. Listen, listen, I'm just, come on. Don't worry, a lot of people have come on here and tried to challenge me and ended up the same as you. So, unlucky. Don't worry, Kevin. I don't have a surname. I just know you're Kevin in Hamilton. So, if anybody knows a Kevin <laughs> in Hamilton wonderful. and think they recognise the voice, get on to him. I actually, nah, I'm trying to be nice, but I, I don't think that was. I've heard worse performances I've heard much worse zeros. If that's yeah, such a, a thing. Difficult questions tonight. Yeah, I thought they were tough tonight. What did you get? One. Three. Two yeah, Big three. three Big three Three, three nil Away from home Three and one of them was a guess What do you mean uh, one of them was a guess? What one? The red cards No no yeah, I knew I that. that What was up there? See you later uh, Not for me Kevin Who were they I again quickly? Take, I want to Who take Who were the red Richard cards? Richard Tate And Eamon Brophy <laughs> I want to take on Gordon Do you Kevin really? 
<laughs> you won't make that mistake again. Oh, don't listen to him, Kevin. 01419511025. We're also on Twitter at Clyde SSB, where there's a lot of great football points coming in, a lot of debating, a lot of arguing. But the one that sticks out above all at the moment is from Terry Hurlock Loyal, who tweeted in to say. Uh, he spotted old Shug and Asda earlier Reading the newspapers Then walking away without <laughs> buying them <laughs> No uh, Straight out the Gordon DL playbook That one uh, That's not true is it? That's something you would do though isn't it? Well no No Not at all Because you can't read or because Both Right okay I've just got I can imagine him Imagine Hugh Bears then Asda Get every yeah. newspaper in front of him Cover to cover and then chucks them back. That does doesn't have time to read the papers now. He he's an interest click and collect stuff as he was telling me. Yes. So he doesn't he just goes in, does his wee scan thing and they bring the messages to him. He's very up to date with the how's the hip, by the way, because oh, listeners oh. to the show should we've been following your, your journey, much like the Amazon Prime documentary. This is the budget version um from Andy Murray's resurfacing. You're going for yours soon. You're well, you're I waiting for it and you're doing particularly you're in particular discomfort tonight I was horrified to see Roger Hanna Wheeling you through the office On an office chair Like a scene from Little Britain Earlier on And uh, he even carried your coffee in uh, Yeah well What happened was I made a foolish mistake I met Andy for Titleist today And he gave me this Oh my goodness Listen he, to this he, guy he gave me Name dropping Product placement he's clearly, yeah. got, he's clearly been given something for free We can get in trouble for that stuff Can you? Other golf manufacturers are, are available. available Yeah but Andy Remember where I am and he gave me this go and said, what "You hit absolute it, nightmare, this guy is. You, you hit it further, and I did hit it further, <sighs> but I've hurt my hip again. <laughs> so I'm in real pain, Gordon. I've got to say, I said and Roger, can... Roger was the only person in here, and I've got to give him credit that looked after me tonight. I said you could get me in trouble. It could be worse though. At least I'm not working with Patrice Evra." Well, after <laughs> after the weekend, I think they'll. I, think they'll oh, let, I wouldn't come out with things like that. The, the less said about that, the better. Um, right before yeah, the break, he's at Patrick Saver and Mark Guidi tomorrow night. <laughs> before the break, we heard from Scott Brown. He was talking about the competition for places at Celtic in the midfield being as high as he can ever remember it. Let's bring in another Scott. Uh, Scott is in Barmulloch with some thoughts on that one. Hi, Scott. All right, guys. Good evening. How's it going? I go bad. My sort of take on the Scott Brown thing is. As Mila Shorrow's been here since January now, he's had a wee, he's had a wee chance to sort of get himself up to speed and stuff like that. But um, I think it's time he was given some more game time, apart from 10, 15 minutes here and there. I just thought he's been far, he's looked really good in the games he's had time, man. I thought he looked quite good when he came on at Ross County. I think it was Ross County he came on against. Um, I just think it's time the guy got more of a run. Because right now, Scott Brown does need games where he's not played. And I thought that we bought Shorrow as a sort of Straight replacement for him David Turnbull Scored Was it 15 goals In his, his, his first Really good season um, I thought that He's a more, more Constructive player And I think As Mayle Shore Looks like the type of player We've been looking for For a wee while To replace Scott So that was my take on it I've actually I actually forgot about him Until I seen him At Ross County Sitting on the bench And he come on they paid a few quid for him. The easy way to remember it is one time on the show you called him Zorro. No, I didn't. And we, Wilson, ne- and we never Wilson, let you live it down. Matt Wilson said that. Um, but um, he came on at, at Dingwall. Um, uh, Neil Lennon sees these guys in training every day. He knows he gets a feel for them. Me personally, yeah, he's, he's got so many talented midfield players. He can rotate. Of course he can and I'm I'm a I've always said that Scott Brown brings more to Celtic than just what he does on you know playing with it and and getting on the ball he he just he educates players round about him Gordon I think he'd be brilliant for young players to play with 
Uh, he talks to him. He can put him into position. He uses experience. He knows when to get players up for the game. Um, but I do agree that it's come to a, a point in Scott's career that as a heavy fixture, and you said 50 games last season, showed you the level of fitness he's got. Didn't even well. finish the season, remember? Yeah. Uh, there are times that they've got the luxury that they can, especially in a, a three-game week, they can give Scott Brown a bit of a rest. But uh, I would love to see Turnbull getting an to, opportunity to, to as well. To take Scott's point, the day will come when Scott Brown has to be eased aside. And the two people who will know when that day is are Scott Brown and Neil Lennon. That day has not arrived. We've been talking about it seemingly here since Hugh Keevens was Scott Brown's age. Plenty. Scott so. Brown is not ready to be eased out yet. You can talk about Ismail Asoro. Ismail Asoro may well be the guy who eases Scott Brown out, but not now he won't. No, Ibui Kouassi was brought in by the previous manager with an eye to this. He's been popped off to Belgium because he couldn't get anywhere near Scott Brown. Now, for me, Ismail Asoro is a mile away from Scott Brown at the minute. He might one day take his place. That day's not now. Would, would Encham not be the, the one that gets in there? Because I know that he's been playing further forward, Gordon. But if you brought, say, you're doing a three midfield, you can play, if you're going to give Scott Brown a rest, surely in Cham and McGregor, if he's, he's going to play with a two, and then you've got the choice with Christie or Turnbull. Turnbull. You know, so there's plenty of opportunities and, and choices in the midfield. Scott, if we were to read between the lines, though, and look at the amount of game time Ismaila Soro gets, would it be unfair to conclude that he hasn't shown enough to... Deserve more game time? No, I don't think so. Bear in mind, he only came in January and the season ended in March. So he was only really in the door, what, we're talking two months, tops. So it's a bit unfair to say that. I think he's no, I mean, in terms of, I mean, in terms of day to day, I'm not criticising his performances. I just mean day to day, you know, if he was really chapping at the door, maybe we, we would have seen more of him. Well, there's a 30 man squad just now, and he's making the squad every weekend. So he must be doing something in training. He's in the 16, 17 that's named. Mm-hmm. Means we're on the bench for every game. And he's, he's come on in a few of the games as well So it's not as if he's not making the squad He's making the squad So the, the manager obviously sees something in him It's not as if he's a young player that's Like you know, you've got to fill the bench sometimes With yep. a couple of young players from Scotland through the, It's not as if you need to do that So he must be showing well enough in training To get yourself in front of guys like Roger And people like that Scott I think I think you're You may be right in the fact that you're saying Well he got brought in in January The season was you know finished it in March It takes time for some players To adjust to clubs and especially a club the size of Celtic, especially the competition he's got and the position he plays. And it may just be a case of being patient. You heard Scott Brown talking, for instance, about David Turnbull. People are saying, well, why is Turnbull not getting more game time? And Scott Brown's come out and said, look, the lad's settling into the club. He's getting to know how the club is and, and what you know the demands are on him. So it's the same for all players. Some players can get in there and hit the ground running. Some players take time As I say I watched uh, the Tottenham Hotspur thing And they reckon English Premier uh, Premier League Players coming into big clubs take 8 months to settle in uh, Tony's on Twitter He says we don't need a like for like For Scott Brown when it comes to Scottish football We've got 60-70% to 70% possession And better players in every other position And I must admit Gordon I don't know about this tweet um, from Gary We should say by the way Scott Brown's not announced his retirement or anything He just spoke mm-hmm. about the competition In the Rangers midfield And all of a sudden Lots of calls and tweets about his replacement I don't, don't think he necessarily needs one at the moment but, Gary, but, yeah. but nevertheless uh, Gary says What about the boy Campbell from Motherwell To take Brown's place 1.5 to 2 million would get him I think Says Gary uh, Well some... Uh, Unfortunately For us Gordon Someone's got to take him The boy is 
his, his attitude to football for me is absolutely brilliant. He's a winner. Um, you know, he's not as skillful as Turnbull, but his determination, effort, what he brings to Motherwell, how he leads Motherwell on, he's, he's he will eventually leave Motherwell. And I know that every Motherwell supporter and the manager will be thinking, not another one, losing all our best players. But it just shows you the job that Motherwell are doing as a club, the amount of young talent they're bringing through. And obviously, as the Motherwell manager touched on earlier in his interview, that just now that's probably keeping Motherwell going as well. You know, financially, with Scott going to Hull, as I got that one and beat the pundit, and obviously Turnbull going for money for Celtic, and you've now got another talent sitting there, and there's surely teams mm-hmm. watching, especially his performance at Aberdeen. And what a compliment when the Aberdeen manager comes out and gives him a pat on the back. Yeah, I, listen, I voted for him last season as young player of the year, and he get, he get beaten right at the end by Lewis Ferguson of Aberdeen. I thought last season he was the best. The Scottish football writers, young player of the year, can only be a Scot. So it looked like a straight fight between Ferguson and Campbell And I thought Campbell's stats were better I thought his performances were better than Lewis Ferguson's And he should have won the award He didn't win the award, doesn't matter But he's already gone on from where he was last season He's beginning to get that way where He's a leader on the pitch He's not the club captain But he's a leader on the pitch The way Turnbull was a leader on the pitch Before that bad injury That he got at Motherwell He's dragging Motherwell for, you know, On his own I still can't believe He got left out of the team In the opening day of the season That Monday night Up at Dingwall When Motherwell lost the game He won't be left out of the team again I think that, that that's a certainty But You know Ensuring That when he goes The deal is right For Motherwell The way the James Scott And David Turnbull deals That you mentioned there does, Were right for Motherwell the next big job is making sure that when Alan Campbell goes and he will go one day, the deal is right for Motherwell. 01419511025. Thank you to Scott in Burmulloch for giving us a call tonight. Rangers fans, we're about to hear from Scott Arfield on that miss against Hibs on Sunday. He also is talking about the team being more clinical going forward. But what do you think? Give us a call now and we could be speaking to you as well as hearing from Scott Arfield next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon Diel and Roger Hanna are here. They're waiting in your calls though. 0141-951-1025. Or Twitter is at Clyde SSB. Now, got a good question for you on the full-time teaser. And I should say thank you to Stevie Lyons for sending in. Thank you. Once again, um, it's fulltime at Clyde1.com Remember, that's the address If you think you could come up with a question that can catch the pundits out Get thinking, write it down in an email Fulltime at Clyde1.com Now, this is the other half of a question that we gave out on Friday Because it was too long So I thought we would chop it in half And we'll see how you get on So, Stevie's looking for the top English Premier League scorer To have played For each of our bottom six clubs in the Scottish Premiership Does that make sense to you? Bottom yeah. six as they are today uh, As they were at the end of last season, sorry So the top English Premier League scorer To play for each of our bottom six clubs In the Scottish Premiership As they finished last season And Stevie's even thrown in Dundee United for you So there's actually seven As a wee, a wee bonus He's thrown in Dundee so United So looking Dundee United St Mirren Hibs Yes Hamilton, Hamilton. Hearts Ross County and St Mirren And they were a top scorer in the English Premier League No 
no. I knew you would misunderstand that question. Right, what was the question who have, then? Who have played, the guys who have played for this club and have scored the most. Like, which former Kilmarnock player has scored the most in the English Premier League? Mm. Which former than right, the I'll, 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 I'll make it easy ah, for you. Right. I'll give you some examples. On Friday night, we did the top six. Which player who's played for Rangers has scored the most English Premier League goals? Defoe. Jermaine Defoe. Right. Right. Go on, like you. that. Okay. Uh, Celtics was um, Robbie Keane, for instance. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. So, right. who so wants to kick us off? Stephen Fletcher. Four. Hibs. Yes. See, not as daft as you sound. Stephen Naismith for Kelly. Brilliant. I think you're going to squish it. You've only got seven. You've got two already. So we'll leave it there and give. The audience a bit of thinking time to catch up If you want to send your questions in We'd love to have them full time at Clyde1.com So we're looking for the top English Premier League scorer To play for each of our bottom six clubs in Scotland Last season And we've thrown in Dundee United for good measure So you've already got Hibbs, Stephen Fletcher And Stephen Naismith of Kilmarnock Let's hear from Rangers midfielder Scott Arfield um, let's hear from you Rangers fans on the line By the way 01419511025 He's apologising for the late miss Against Hibs on Sunday He says he should have scored And it's not the type of chance You can miss when playing for Rangers I need chance. to score, need to score. Um, I can't get it out of my head now. I've not seen it back yet But at least the second man Has to go and find the first man I should finish it It's good save for him But I think it just froze his body At the second man Managed to get something But it shouldn't have come to that Got to score it I don't think they had a chance After that so uh, on a personal note, obviously it's it's good to get a goal and get on the score sheet, but they're the games that um, they're the chances you need to that you need to take and, and you need to win their game. So I apologise and, and we move on as quick as possible. It's a great double save, but two for the rounds are missing. Your head is oh, a massive. Aye, huge, huge. Fair I think there's emphasis in this season internally and externally. That's no, it's no getting away for that. But no, the pressure's always the same when you when you wear this badge. You you probably overthink things at time and you take things in isolation, but you. Your chances that you need to score, regardless of which season you're in, this is uh, your chances you need, to, you need to score and win the game. Bad miss, good save, bit of both. Bit of both. Uh, I think he's a bit hard on himself, Gordon. Uh, I thought his goal was terrific, um, and he gets himself into the, the 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 positions to get the chances. And sometimes they go for you. And I think he's more disappointed in the fact that when you get through in goals and and. You have one chance And it's a very good chance And the keeper saves it And it falls to you again You're thinking Oh it's an easy It's an easy goal I think you've got to give credit To the goalkeeper um, it's, it's, it's a good attitude to have But I think he has to just get that Out of his head now And concentrate It's a way it's gone People will tell you that um, But I think he's just been a bit He's overdoing it a little bit Too hard on himself Because Roger I wonder what What's the criteria then right Because I've Scott Arfield himself says Got to score Got to score And the feeling amongst Hugh and Alex last night For instance was You know That, that it's a bit of a sitter If that If it's if it's that bad a miss Then every keeper in the league Saves it And I'm not convinced Every keeper in the league Would have saved it I feel like You really have to acknowledge Marciano's part in it Yeah you do have to acknowledge Marciano's part And if you flip it to the other side Marciano will probably think He could have saved The one that Arfield Actually scored with yeah, A few minutes earlier So you can see both sides of the coin there um, I don't think Scott Arfield's miss Was necessarily the defining moment of the game I think Hibbs' offside equaliser Was the defining moment of the game um, It was narrowly offside Stephen Gerrard didn't want to make a fuss of it But narrowly offside is still offside um, I thought watching the game When Rangers went 2-1 ahead They would see it out And you wonder, you know When Celtic Rangers drop points like this You always wonder 
whether games like this will come back to haunt them at the end of the season. Or will it turn out to be a good point? You or, never know. Yeah. Uh, despite talk about the defensive performance on Sunday, Scott Arfield says they need to be more clinical at the other end. He doesn't want to get too wrapped up in the importance of the season. He thinks they'll play better when they take each game in isolation. I think everybody's aware of the situation, but um, game by game, this is what we've always what we've always done. This is what the managers installed and, and his staff and his players is, is game by game. And if you if you overlook oppositions, you overlook um, teams and. In games, and you, you come stuck very, very quickly, particularly domestic. Um, we're very good at, at looking one game by game in, in uh, Europe, probably why we've been so successful and, um, going forward in the competition. So, we need to get back to that. Of course, I think sometimes you, you overthink these things. I think if we take some of the chances, then it doesn't get to a situation where it's, where it's a disappointment in this day. Livingston was a, was a prime example. We had mid 20s and, and shots and good chances, seven or eight good chances where we should score. And nobody, nobody talks about the performance because the performance in a whole was probably just as good if you win three or four, three or four nil. It's about staying, staying uh, positive, staying focused, and and keep going. The good thing about European football is you've got a chance to to quickly turn it around and, and go again. Right, Williams, a Rangers fan on the line. What have you got for us tonight, William? Hello, uh, Gordon, Gordon, and Roger. Hello, hi, William. Hi, I've got a couple of points about the game mm-hmm. and uh, the officials. I'll try and run through it as quick as I can, Gordon. Right, you take uh, your time. Yeah, the game, right. Rangers lost the two points in the first half performance, in my opinion. They just won the up. They won. They won the at it. They don't know they were in one each. They still won the at it. Second half they were very good in stages. I hope they were penned in Hibs quite a lot. It was like we were playing within their box quite a lot. And we were playing some nice football and all that. And but uh, besides that, aye, Hibs, Hibs had some good play. Their, their wingers are quite good, but. Uh, the officials I need to get to the officials Gordon I'll right? tell you what I will give you plenty of time William Let's do it right. in two parts Let's do it in two parts Because it's important to cover both So footballing wise First Gordon um, Much improved Second half William Felt that the points mm-hmm. were dropped In the first 45 I thought that Rangers edged the game Gordon I thought they deserved to win the game But I've also give credit to Hibs um, Everyone knew it was going to be a difficult game Jack Ross has got them very well organised Playing well Got a bit of firepower um, that would cause problems And you can go talk about Different tackles You can talk about the offside You can talk about Arfield's miss um, It was it was one of those games uh, It was a very enjoyable game uh, A lot of action in it Now you can go and blame the officials And I don't know if William's going to pull it up But the fact that It was offside We can't deny that The equaliser was offside um, And could the official done a lot better there he's looking right across that um, I don't know if that's William's point but I just think that Rangers probably edged the game but I've got to give credit to Hibs yeah I mean Rangers edged it according to Gordon Hibs had some decent chances on top of the goals Roger I'm thinking a great save from John McLaughlin perhaps justifying his selection we had a bit of debate about that over the weekend was it Kevin Nisbet on the, the sort of turn yeah. Is that the chance I'm thinking What was the other one in the? What's the other Good Hibs chance I'm missing It should have dropped out of my head It'll come back to me But anyway th- Listen Hibs are a decent team you, you, you know They've accumulated A lot of points At the start of the season um, Jack Ross has really Turned them around In the less than 12 months That he's been at the club um, They will go to Celtic Park On Sunday and they will put up a stern fight against Celtic. No guarantees Celtic will take all three points from this fixture come the weekend. Um, Hibs are now positioning themselves to be the best of the rest, if you like, in the Premiership this season. So 
it's no disgrace, it's no embarrassment that, that Rangers went to Easter Road at the weekend and didn't come away with all three points. I think they'll be frustrated that they turned their deficit into a lead and at two one couldn't see the game out. But listen, they've they've got a couple of a couple more hmm. awkward away games, one in the Netherlands Thursday night, one at Fur Park on Sunday lunchtime. And they want to get Easter Road out there here yeah. and focus on these games. I mean, William, just before we go on to the refereeing decisions, Scott Arfield's talking about being more being more clinical. Quite simply, is that something that you took away from the game? Um, I, I can either you can either say it's a bad miss or it's a great save. Why the panel were talking earlier? He's thinking it's that easy, right? But he's not expecting the keeper to stick his hand up yeah. like that. You know what I mean? What a save it was. You yeah. can say you can say it either way. Right on, you go then. What else? What we got, referees? Yeah, yeah. See, before the game starts, Gordon. Right, me and my mates were sitting worrying. Right, what official we're going to get? Right, this, this every game that seems big games of like Hibs or Aberdeen or Celtic, the officials are consistently making big mistakes in Rangers matches. Hey, look at Sunday for isolation. Right, four arm smash. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody's going to convince me. The one on Hadji. The other one, the yellow card, right, fair enough. The Hadji, that's a red card, and the offside decision. There's, there's two big decisions that could turn that could turn the game. And the other thing is, right, is God, uh, Roger will take this, take this on board, right? The, the guy in Sky says, Rangers, right, Hovney. Hovney had a penalty for a year in the Premier League. One year. And many times we're in opposition boxes for us not to have a penalty in a year. We, us Rangers fans, I speak... For, for me and my mates We're just We're the, we're the panicking What rep we're going to get Every week Well I suppose The thing about that Last part William Just for a bit of context And you're right I read that recently And I was surprised as you I then read another piece From Which was a, a bit older Talking about how Rangers had had The most penalties Over the last Two or three seasons Or whatever it was So I think you can always Kind of Find Evidence of Well evidence is the wrong word But you can find a stat To back up um, Whatever point of view you have Let's go through those incidents in isolation, Roger, because there's a lot of disagreement on them. Let's go Portis first Portis, on Morelos. Oh, Portis was a booking. William said so himself, yeah. Yeah, Gordon, Portis any disagreement? No, I'm not disagreeing with that. Right, okay. Hanlon. This is the one that really gets people going, I think. Hanlon, last week in the show, we spent a lot of time going over the wording of the rule, Gordon, didn't we? Mm-hmm. About excessive force And endangering a player And I said If you're looking at the rule Then Ryan Edwards Probably merited a red card In the Dundee United game For the challenge in Morelos um, I wasn't convinced That Paul Hanlon Intended To endanger The player With that challenge Now I've watched Paul Hanlon For many a year Are we bearing in mind Intent doesn't Necessarily come yeah, into it I, I, I know what you mean I, it's a really odd one because <laughs> if it had been Ryan Porteous making a challenge like that, when you see, you know, the way Porteous plays the game, you would maybe have thought that it could be a red card. No, I don't think it was a red card. I think it was a yellow card. Gordon, um, I'm going to disagree. I think that uh, the player knows exactly what he's doing, Gordon. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I can hear the arguments for both sides, but. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was given a red card to be honest with you uh, And of course the offside, it's the only one that We don't do this often in Scottish football, everyone agrees Of course it was offside mm-hmm. like, yeah. you, you know, you can't, you can't really argue with that The only 
Slight mitigating factor That, that you would offer As, as some sort of defence Roger Is it's not your And again I hope this doesn't come across That I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is okay It's a mistake And it, it shouldn't have happened But it's not your typical offside Where You know It breaks through the line And the Rangers players Have all got their hand up And they're all furious And, and the goal stands oh, well, The, the Rangers players don't Don't claim it They don't seem to Think it's offside either Play goes on The cross comes into the box I'll repeat it For anyone who wants to Take it out of context I'm not saying that makes it okay it's but a typical offside in so much as there wasn't a last defender between the attacking know, player and, and, and the goalkeeper. Come he's on, he's on listen, beat, beat the pundits, your chance to be a smart aleck. You don't need to do it for the rest <laughs> of the show, right? That's that five minute window is what we there, give you. There is going to be now, this is only in the month of September, and there's an awful lot of football to be played. Fingers crossed, there's an awful lot of football to be played. So, these incorrect decisions are honest mistakes by the linesman. Honest mistakes Remember uh, Roger the, 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 the closer we get To the end of the season The more mistakes like this Are going to be highlighted We need VAR in the country Let's remind VAR. ourselves Of what Stephen Gerrard said On the offside William It was offside But You know I think Over the course of a season Some you get Some you don't uh, One hasn't gone our way uh, Today But We've still got to defend The second goal better We can't use the offside As an excuse So do you not agree with that William Are you feeling a bit More angry about it Than Stephen Gerrard was well, as I stated, Gordon, right, seen by, again, instance last year, right, John Bean at Patodre, he actually apologised to Stephen Gerrard, right, he said it was it was a penalty. I don't know if the panel can remember that one. What good is that to Rangers during the game? If, if he gives a penalty during the game, it changes the game. At no point, Taylor's after the game, it's a penalty when he should have gave it. When he, you know what I mean? No, I, of course, I get all that. I just mean on the offside specifically, you know, Stephen Gerrard just doesn't sound that angry at it. He says it leaving itself out and, and Rangers should have done more to defend William, do you agree with any part of that? No, I, I, yeah, yeah, I do, I do agree. Uh, look, look, you could blame uh, you could blame the keeper for getting through the legs. You can blame the keeper because he's done a lot of coming out trying to punch the ball at the box. Said he's not coming out and punch the box and get hell under a hand because he's been doing it the last few games. You know what I mean? I don't know how he never did it there. You could blame the the defenders for letting the crosses come in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Rangers, as Gordon says, Rangers just deserve to win. But Hibs did play well in patches themselves. They'll get good wingers, they'll get right good basic players doing the wings they yeah. really have. And I must say, Roger, that the Hibs Twitter admin will not be happy at your um statement you made about Ryan Portis and how you know the way he plays. They have gone to great lengths today to to publish a tweet pointing out that Ryan Porteous this season has only committed seven fouls in eight games and has been fouled 13 times himself, they say. Yes, I noticed those stats. Um, it strikes me they maybe protested a little too much. I like Ryan Porteous. I think Ryan Porteous will go and play for Scotland. I think, you know, that Scott McKenna of Aberdeen is down south negotiating a big money move to Nottingham Forest tonight. It wouldn't surprise me if in 12 months or 24 months' time, Ryan Porteous is down south negotiating a big money move. Um I quite like his style He's big He's robust He's fearless He takes the fight To the opposition strikers um, Sometimes though That comes with The cost of cards Scott McKenna's seen it before He's been saying it off in games mm-hmm. before And I think You know Ryan Porteous He's w- the most fouled defender In the league I think By the looks of these Hib stats That they're telling us about today There you go There are lies Damned lies And statistics He's still not having it If you're listening Mr mm-hmm. Admin Right At Clyde SSB Thanks to William 01419511025 In the phones What about this teaser So we're looking for The top English Premier League scorer To have played for Each of our top six eh, Bottom six From last season With the Brucey bonus Of Dundee United So you've got 
Kilmarnock's top English Premier League scorer of all time Is Stephen Naismith You've got that You have got Hibbs' top English Premier League scorer of all time Is Stephen Fletcher What else? Hamilton's must be McCarthy or MacArthur Well pick one I'll go for No no Gordon I want Gordon to pick one Don't look at Roger <laughs> I'll go for <laughs> McCarthy No <laughs> James MacArthur That's the other one Right Roger give me one uh, Kevin Gallagher at Dundee United No Duncan Ferguson Yes mm. So you've got Hearts Ross County And St Mirren to go And we'll get them next 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's League leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Gordon DL Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're into the final part Which means there's a little bit of work to do on the full time teaser Thanks to Stevie for sending this one in And your nightly reminder That it's full time at Clyde1.com That's the address you need If you want to hear your question used on the show I know loads of you out there Have got great knowledge Great trivia And could easily come up with a question That can catch the pundits out So give it a bash Send it over to full time At Clyde1.com Tonight's is this Can you name the top English Premier League scorer To have played for each of the Scottish Premiership's bottom six last season I did say we'd thrown in Dundee United as well To make it seven You've got Duncan Ferguson there You've got Stephen Fletcher at Hibs Stephen Naismith at Kilmarnock And James MacArthur at Hamilton Ackies One more from you Gordon Well go Hearts uh, We've got three choices Colin Cameron No Kevin Kyle No Or Christoph Berra No That's the three that Roger had <laughs> I um... <laughs> I was waiting with Phil Stamp From Hearts No 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 what about the midfield player that came up uh, last year? Played a lot of games in the Premier League. Glenn Whelan? Yeah. No. <laughs> Thank you. St Mirren's not John McGinn, is it? No. Ross County, the only one who thought of former Liverpool striker David Ngog? No. Mm. Stephen Elliott at heart? No. This is... We're scribbling a lot of these out, does? Yeah. Uh, uh, St Mirren, who's St Mirren? Did Thompson play at an oh, English Premier League? Maybe. Stephen Thompson. Yeah. No. No. St Mirren couldn't be ex-Villa striker Graham Fenton, could it? No. I've got a good clue that will steer you in the right direction. I just wonder if it's a bit early. Yeah. Saying it's too early for the clue? No. Give us a clue. The St Mirren's not a, is that a striker? No. Not a striker Right here's the clue And you'll get you'll get it off this I think Right The Ross County and St Mirren one's the same person The Ross County and St Mirren one Maybe it's not such a good clue And it's not a striker mm-hmm. You're Andrew Davis No 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 no, no. Your crime here is quite simple You've just forgotten that this guy played for these teams Briefly On loan He's a winger isn't he no, not particularly. Yeah, he is. No, I can not. see. He's him. not. Okay, he's not. They've moved them. So we played for both Ross County and St Mirren on loan. Mm-hmm. Charlie Adam. Yes. Ah, there we go. Roger. Charlie Adam. He's pulled out of the bag. Right, we'll leave it there because you've only got hearts to get, and we've still got a, a good few minutes left of the show. Let's bring in Barry, who is in Blantyre. How's it going, Barry? Yeah, all good. Thanks yourself. Yeah, not Hi, bad Barry. at all. What's on your mind tonight? And um, so just. Uh, it was picking up in the conversation we were having and you were having earlier on about yeah, trying to protect Scottish football and um, where the changes and stuff are obviously COVID related. It got me thinking when we were talking about bringing like, the smaller clubs in and where we were, we were going to start generating that revenue. Obviously, they don't have the same 
infrastructure as the, the Premier League teams where but they had Celtic have Celtic TV as such or we've seen Ross County and St Mum broadcast the pay per view. It was just to put towards the panel, what about the thoughts of these smaller clubs they, they can't get fans in their own stadium but utilising the other stadiums and then some money some revenue generating and, and sharing either between the clubs or the share stadiums. For, for example a smaller club use for part then that came back into the smaller club and differ and Motherwell. All right. What do you think, Roger? Well, hub stadiums were discussed right at the very yeah. start of the COVID crisis when we were looking at trying to formulate a plan to get football up and running again. Um, you know, maybe one in Fife, one in Lanarkshire, one up, you know, the Angus area, one further north. Um, and it just didn't really seem to get off the ground. I'm not really sure why. Um, in essence, I don't think it's a bad idea, Barry. But I'm sure the clubs, you know, I'm sure there'll be a reason why the clubs didn't progress with the idea because it was discussed at quite a high level at the time. I think obviously now, if when those discussions happened, that would have been before the announcement that we were extending the lockdown. And obviously, the plan was to have fans back in by that point. So, I don't know. I don't make a decision, but an opportunity to revisit that because at least some money coming into these smaller clubs is better than. And no money, no gate money, I suppose. And then, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see how much money likes of St Mum and Ross County got for actually broadcasting these pay-per-view services. I know they were playing the likes of Celtic. But if they could bring, generate revenue in and then share that, obviously mm. the main point here is to protect the, protect the whole of Scottish football, I suppose. Yeah, that definitely mm. is the main point, Barry. To protect the 42 senior clubs and the ones beneath them, um, it's going to be... Very, very difficult. I just hope all the clubs can survive this. You see already clubs down south, there's ominous warnings coming out, you know, from some from some of them. Um we'll need to get kicked off, hopefully in the Betfred Cup, hopefully in the Championship, League One and League Two, get kicked off and try everything they can. There, there are, I know sometimes it doesn't seem that way, but there are some clever people involved behind the scenes in Scottish football. They will be working tirelessly over the next few hours, the next few days, digesting the statements from Scottish Government today and trying to plot a path that clubs can you know, survive this pandemic. No, absolutely. No, as I say, that's, that's, the main, mm. that's, just, that's what we need to try and do as well as protect, obviously, life as well. Yeah, I mean, looking at the the sort of news line, if you like, today, Barry, when we kicked it off at the top of the show, talking about that that date, that October the fifth date, we had already been pushed back to then. It doesn't look like that's going to happen either. Um, yeah. It's a pretty frustrating time, but you know that that's just mirroring life at the moment, isn't it? Football's not oh, not separate from that. No, definitely, definitely is. Yeah, I mean, Gordon, just to kind of oh, we'll finish the show. Where we started I think The next 24 hours Maybe might, will, will be interesting Because I think We're keen to hear We've not had anything for, From the The JRG As they've mm-hmm. become known The Joint Response Group From the SPFL Or the Scottish FA Just to see what their Reaction is To, to The wider Coronavirus restrictions Being increased And whether that has Any Because it might not But whether it has any impact On, on the game yeah, and I'm sure that uh, obviously they've planned for this as well, Gordon. So it'll be interesting to hear a statement from them. Uh, you're talking out there getting supporters in. Most important thing we all know is um, you know saving lives, and it's up to the government because you're looking at, for instance, Celtic. Celtic could easily fit in what 
eight, ten thousand into Park, Celtic Park. Rangers are the same. It's not about getting people back to football. It's about saving lives, and we will be interested to hear what um, we're going to hear tomorrow, hopefully, um, from the support group and how to take this forward. Because surely, surely they've planned for this as well. Gone. You just can't plan for everything going forward. Right, thank you very much to Barry uh, Who's on the line from Blantyre That brings us nicely to the end of the show But only if Gordon and Roger can tell us Who is the top English Premier League scorer To have ever played for Hearts? Gordon Jury? No oh, What an effort Neil, A clue Neil, for me, Gordon Neil please. McCann? No Nope Maybe clue time If it's Callum Patterson Daz will have to retire It is not Is he a centre forward? Yeah Older He was born in Kingston, Jamaica Ricardo Fuller Ricardo Fuller Good player wasn't he? No He's just taking your headset <laughs> off You chucked it He's raging he didn't get the last answer He's <laughs> gone Daz doesn't remember Ricardo Fuller He's halfway out the door He's remembered that Bake Off's back on the night And he's on his way up the road Right thank you very much To Gordon DL And Roger Hanna Thank you for all your calls For all your tweets And for listening as well We're back tomorrow at 6 o'clock building up to a big couple of days for our Scottish teams in Europe so we'd love for you to join us and in the meantime Barry Wilkins is up next